This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Viator is the world's leading travel experience marketplace, offering everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. Extensive options, ease of selection, and flexibility at your fingertips help make sure your time is wonderfully spent. Viator is the place to go to book experiences that will create long-lasting moments that make lifetime memories. And Viator has over 300,000 bookable experiences to choose from in over 190 countries. In fact, Back just last year, Viator helped my family put together this amazing adventure on the island of Kona. Swimming with the manta rays, trying to avoid the barracudas, whatever your wildest dreams. If you can imagine it, Viator probably has an experience just for you. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in Viator's world of wonderful experiences. Viator. One site. Over 300,000 experiences you'll remember. Whether taking a road trip to the beach, heading to the mountains, or driving to the city, summer adventures are nonstop fun in a new Honda. But let's face it, summer trips can really add up. That's why I love the fuel efficiency of Honda. With Honda, you can save your money for other things, like that awesome keychain at the convenience store, that brand new album you wanted, or whatever else your heart desires. New Hondas are arriving daily. See your local Honda dealer and start your summer adventures today. Welcome to Cottage Talk Full Time. This is our initial reaction show to Foam's 2-2 draw at Craven Cottage against Charlton Athletic. Craig Coben and Emilio Danello were both there. They're going to share their initial reactions to this crazy 2-2 draw. So let's not waste any time. First, I'm going to go to Emilio. Emilio, opening thoughts on what you watched today at Craven Cottage. Hi, Ross. Hi, Craig. Um, it's a funny game. It's a game of two halves in a funny way. The first half I thought was... Uh was dire. I thought we were, we were very poor, we were defensively very disorganised, it was scrappy, a lot of fouls. It was it was nothing to write home about. I, think, I, thought, I thought Charlton deserved to go at half-time with a 1-0 lead. Um, Agreed. So, yeah, very, very poor first half. Uh, but, but, you know, give, give Scott Bargley's juice. He made 
an enforced change. I think Scott um, Arthur had an injury, so A, that was enforced, and B, he made a tactical change, got three at the back after Tessignon had a very, very poor first half. And, you know, to his credit, we won the second half 2-1. So, um, so you could argue that Scott Parker's changes um, um, gained us a point. But overall, I thought with all the chances we had possession in the second half, it felt like a defeat rather than coming back to gain a, a useful draw. So, mixed feelings today. You know, first put shit first half, excuse my French, <laughs> but we were a lot stronger second half. And overall, I thought, you know, we were the better team and maybe maybe could have come away with a 3-2 win there. But I'll take the point nonetheless. Okay, excellent. Greg, your opening thoughts. Uh, I thought these, again, were two points dropped. Charleston totally were there for the take. Mm-hmm. Charleston were there for the taking. They... Um, they had they had five players five changes from the previous game. They had a number of injuries, especially up front. We should have won this game. We played an appalling first half. I think Parker made two important moves. First, he removed Stephen Cessignon, yep. mm-hmm. uh, three in the back, and second, he changed uh, the sides on which Cavaliero and Knockout were playing, and they seemed to be much more comfortable playing on their natural sides as opposed to their mm-hmm. their opposing foot side. I also think Fulham played much more direct in the second half, mm. effectively uh, using Mitrovic as a holding player, and uh, we seem to be much more effective. Uh, mm. Last observation I would make up front is Bobby Dekarova-Reed played extremely mm. well. I he think did. he made a big difference this game. Mm. He did. Excellent, guys. My opening thoughts are this, is that, like Craig, I feel that it's two points dropped. And what bothered me about the first half, and I'm glad Emilio talked about how bad it was in you too, Craig, because it was dire. That's a great word to use to describe it. Here are my thoughts, because I was reading online that there was a potential that we Boyer was going to play three at the back. Well, either A, Scott Parker wasn't prepared for that, or B, was arrogant and just said, you know what, we're going to just do what we do. Either way, it didn't work. To Scott Parker's credit, he changed it at halftime. Emilio, I know what you're saying, that it was a force change. Was it a force change? Not 100% sure on that with Harry Archer. Maybe he wanted to get read in for a different reason. I know he was laboring and could have been dealing with something. But yeah, the changes I don't know. he made. He looked like, yeah, it looked like he picked up a knock to me. I don't know. Maybe, maybe. But we'll see more. Because he was injured just, in the, just before halftime, so maybe it was in force. But either way, I. We looked slow and sluggish, especially in central midfield. And we did. the way we defended that, that goal, or the, the Charlton's first goal, you know, from both flanks, you know, Cessignon not clearing, you know, not defending the ball well enough. And Joe Bryan in no man's land when the Charlton attacker had a free header right. to lay it off to the person who scored the goal. So overall, just just, just defensive liability there. Nothing from that. We are still liable yeah. to making those uh, those defensive mistakes and, and conceding. So even when you're 1 0 up, how many times have we been pegged back this season? Sure. We can never rest rightly, I mean, unfortunately, I, with this defence. Right. But I want to give I think, Scott I, Parker I think credit. Craig, I'm sorry. I'll, yeah, sorry. I'll go right to you in one, one second because he did make the changes that mm. I thought changed the match. And I'm glad that you also talked about the other change because the second half, in my book, is the reason why we should have won the match because we dominated. They had the first mm. half, but the changes just showed to me why we should have won this match and, and why did the first half need to go the way that it went. You know, and again, maybe I'm thinking like Savisa would. I'm telling you guys, and this is just my opinion, if Savisa saw how that first half was going, he might have made the double substitution midway in the first half. That's just my opinion. Craig, I want to go to you. Sorry I interrupted. No, I was just going to say the first goal that Shelton scored looked a lot like the goal that uh, Nottingham Forest scored. 
Again, mm-hmm. the ball goes into the middle, and Steven Sessignon gets caught, gets caught coming in centrally, and the ball gets kicked out wide, and there is an enormous amount of space for the left winger to put mm-hmm. a ball in, which eventually resulted in, in, in the goal. Um, Steven Sessignon has a unique position. He's a right back, but he tends to come inside, almost like mm-hmm. a Philip Lom, right. you know, kind of half-back position. And it's just not working. What they then do is they push, they push uh, Stefan Johansson mm-hmm. out to the right, and it's just not working. And he's yeah, also right. way too mis- mistake-prone. I think we have to really think about whether he should be our starting right back. Okay. And, Craig, right back to you, what did you think about the changes in the second half? Because, as I mentioned, Fulmwood on the front foot, score the goal from Cavallaro, then mm-hmm. they – come right back, score a goal, but from, from that point on, we're, we're dominant. Yeah, look, I mean, um, I, I thought that the the change, we went to effectively three at the back, right? Uh, but we, we we had a lot more directness. Uh, we brought Mitrovic much more into the game. We had Nakar and Cavalier on their natural sides mm-hmm. in the lane. We had Bobby Dekarova running, through the, running in the channels, um, and we just seemed to be to be much more comfortable. It was unfortunate the second goal that we conceded off off, off a corner, and they have a little routine. It looked like the, off that yep. corner it was at the op, it was at the opposite end of the pitch, so I didn't get a great view of it. Um, but we sh- we should have come away with the win, and if not for an incredible save at the end by the goalkeeper, mm. we would have won it. Absolutely, mm. he mm. came up big to deny Reed twice, not just once, but twice, yeah, especially exactly. at the end of the match. Emilio, I want to get your thoughts on the second half. And also, I don't know if you got a good view on this and definitely recommend everyone watching mm-hmm. this match back. Watch back the second goal from Charlton Athletic and ask yourself, mm-hmm. should Marcus <laughs> Bettinelli have done better? Uh, yeah, so if we look at the, you know, talking about Bobby Reed, so I've, I've said this several times in the show, I see I've not been impressed and he started games when he comes yep. on as, as a substitute, potentially as an impact sub in inverted commas, he makes more of a difference. And today he, he was outstanding in the second half. He Great layout, layoff to uh, Cavalero, who as soon as he, with his, with his first touch receiving that ball, only had one thing on his mind and he scored an, another spectacular goal. Um, but unfortunately, two, two or three minutes later, Charlton Ch- Ch- bounced straight back. And again, I thought defensively, we, we didn't clear our lines well enough and quick enough. We had opportunities to clear the ball often, but we were trying to pass it out of defence rather than trying to just hoof it out of defence. Tim Ring you know, didn't defend it a couple of times. And then the ball came into the six-yard area. I thought, from where I stood, my initial reaction was Joe Bryan should have headed it better or should, yep. have, cleared his, should have cleared the lines better. And then Marcus Bedinelli, he was on the six-yard line. Then any goalkeeper would be disappointed to have that ball looping over your head. So there's a, a number of issues there defensively in terms of position. And, you know, we, we gifted them a goal, in my opinion. But we had the opportunity to clear our lines in the lead up to that to that cross. And that's what's disappointing. But okay. the thing is, when you take a risk when you play three men at the back, you often find that the person defending any cross in the ball isn't not necessarily your central defender. In this case, it was Joe Bryan, who's normally a fullback. He didn't clear it. He didn't defend the ball well. And they, they scored straight away after we equalized. So that's really frustrating. But after that, it was all Fulham. It was always one-way traffic. But... You know, Bobby Reed was influential in the second goal. I thought he could on another day would have scored once, if not twice. So there are a lot of positives in that second half, but it's Absolutely. time and time again we don't have enough good first half performances throughout the season. This is something we need to to reflect on. Why? Why do we always start to slow slow off the ranks most home most games, in particular at home? You know, there's it's only really Millwall that there's only Millwall I can recall that we came off the blocks early and won decisively. The other games, Wigan, second half, we we dominated and won last week. 
West Brom, you know, patchy. It's just Nottingham Forest losing at home. It just feels like first half performances tend to be very average to bad, especially at home. So we need to reflect, understand the reasons why. That's a great question. And Craig, when I watched the first half, and um, it's funny because the player that was really giving Fulham all kinds of trouble, and I, I, I remember seeing him prior, was Johnny Williams. They really had a hard mm-hmm. time dealing with him. And Tom Kearney was missing in action in the first half, but I, I have to give credit to Darren Proudly. But in your mind, why did that all change in the second half? Because first half, it was really, they had a hard time. I'm talking about Kearney had a hard time, and they had a hard time dealing with Charlton Athletic going forward. But in the second half, it was a completely different match and uh, wasn't really about those substitutions and the changes. Yeah, it was about the substitutions. It was also about the change in strategy. Okay, Emilio, right back to you. Let's talk about the turning point in the second half. Where do you see the match changing? Because we always talk about the twists and turns, and this match had several of them. What, for you, mm-hmm. was the turning point of the match? Because it definitely happened in the second half. Absolutely. My you know, my view is it's Bobby Reed coming on as a substitute. I think that tactical change, <clears throat> he, was, he was lively. He was involved in the first goal. And you know his his contribution, the second goal shouldn't be shouldn't go unnoticed. And you know he's maybe on another day, maybe he should have he should have finished that opportunity towards the end with that goalkeeper made a cracking save. But equally, I think uh, Bobby Reid didn't connect particularly well on the ball. If, if he connected more directly, that that ball would have gone in the back of the net. But overall, his contribution was immense. You know he he made the difference in the second half. And I think I also want to give a call out to Mitrovic, who, in my opinion, had an immense game. He was Fulham's best player in the first half, giving their defence a lot of problems. He was holding the ball up very, very well. Second half, Mitrovic's goal, he wanted it more. You know, he, goalkeeper made a good save, but Mitrovic was first at the loose ball and poked it in yep. you know, as he does best. And on another day, he might have, he might have got a penalty because he was put, his shirt was pulled time and time again and wasn't given any 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 support from the referee, unfortunately, who I didn't think had the best game today. But turning point to answer your question is Bobby Reid who came on and made a difference but like okay. I said earlier I just think Bobby uh, Reid seems to be more of an yeah. impact sub rather than actually a, a starting 11 player for me Sure how about you Craig? Uh, I would go with Mitrovic I do think that he made the difference I mean I, I agree with everything Amelia was saying I just thought Mitrovic was the difference in the game he was a handful for the defence and as soon as we started to feed him the ball the game started to change for us Okay excellent to finish off the show, man of the match, who would be your man of the match, Craig? Mitra. Mitra. Okay. Definitely. How about you, Emilio? Yeah, same for me. I thought he was Fulham's best play in the first half, and he, uh, he gave the defense all sorts of problems second half. And yes, he got a yellow card, and that's just because of his pure determination and passion. But there was a moment in the second half I'd like to see again where he was his, his shirt was massively pulled and tugged, and that would be a penalty because I thought he, he was basically shoved off the you know shoved off the ball and that on if VAR was in place that would have been a penalty. So I'd like to see the replay again for that. But overall, you know, disappointing. we did drop two points, so I agree yep. with both of what you guys said. But when you're coming from a goal down at home against a, a good Charlton team, they're they're punching above their weight. Yep. I think you, you, you I would take the draw the fact that we won the second half two one, but on another day we might have had a bit more luck and won the game. But one point gained as well as potentially two points dropped, whichever way you yeah. look at it. Okay. You know, it's, you I, I both just sides feel they were, they were there for the taking because they had so yeah. many injuries. They were missing their, their you know, Lyle, um, I can't remember his name, Lyle Taylor, their striker. Yep. And, we, you know, we had a real opportunity here. They were, but we just started very flat. Mm-hmm. And um, 
we didn't get it right until the second half. I think Scott Parker really needs to think of team selection, and I think mm-hmm. Stephen Sessignon's place in the team has to be reconsidered. We've seen too many errors from him uh, so far this season. Craig, one last thing, and I'm, like we're talking about, I want to give credit to Scott Parker for making the changes because they changed mm-hmm. the match. But we also are focusing on the slow starts and what can be done moving forward big picture-wise. So I'm glad that you talked about what's been going on with Steven Sessignon. But for me, this is a question for you because I'm used to, I guess you could say, a manager setting up a team to beat the opponent, whereas I think Fulham decided to go into this match doing what we do, setting things up the way that we normally do. So my question to you is, if you're Scott Parker, do you have to rethink that moving forward when someone changes a formation on you and change the formation earlier in the match. What are your thoughts about that situation? Because we do have these slow starts. I think some of them have to do with us maybe potentially not being prepared enough for the opponent. You know, it depends. I think it's very difficult to make an early change because you want to see if your game plan is working. And bear in mind, when they were three at the back, early in the early in the match, we were actually doing a lot of long diagonal long diagonal passes. Right. to the opposite flank, trying to pull their central defenders out of position, their three central, the, the two wider central defenders out of position. So I'm not sure it was, it was so conspicuously unsuitable in the early moments of the game. I think what did happen, though, it, quite clearly, is we were leaving way too much space on the left side with Sessignon coming in and the, just the way we were set up. I don't mean to blame Sessignon entirely. Sure. But the way we were set up, they were getting too many free crosses from that left side. And so something needed to be done. Um, now, did that require necessarily a substitution? Probably at halftime. But I think we could have probably made an in-game adjustment because it was quite obvious that the wingers, the left wing, uh, the left wingers on um, for Charlton were, were putting in actually some pretty good crosses. Even yeah, they were. They weren't connecting at first. Oh, that's a good point. Emilio, over to you. Thoughts on what Craig just shared, and we'll wrap this up. Yeah, absolutely. I was going to take everything on board what Craig says. I just think I'm just a little bit concerned about, you know, most many, many games this season, the majority of anything, we've started very slow off the off the, off the mark. And, right. you know, we've yeah. been maybe a bit too yeah. complacent at the time. I think today we were a little bit casual, complacent, possibly a little bit tired. I think I thought central midfield-wise, with Johansson and Arda, Johansson and Mitty had a very good second half. But the two of them looked a little bit late. Even Tom Kearney, first half, wasn't really in the game. Right. So you can question, you know, three games in a week for the, you know, for Johansson and Tom Kearney. You know, th- did that have an impact on our, you know, our ability in the midfield? I thought at times we were a little bit, you know, a little slow off the mark and maybe not, 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 not taking control of the game quick enough. And that might be because we've played three games in a week. Just yeah. again, a question mark. I know we've got, we've got a squad there where we can start rotating plays like we did on Tuesday night. But I'm, you know, I was actually surprised that Johansson started today um, because I thought maybe three games in a week for him is probably a bit too much. But second half, given his duties, he's had a good second half. So, um, so yeah, I think we just need to look at our structure, our shape, and we need to. If we start off the blocks quickly, early, and more determined, I think we'll we'll convert a lot of those draws into wins. Okay, and uh, I'm not going to just disagree with that, Emilio, because I think part of the problem that's going on with Fulham is the play in the first half because it seems to work mm. in the second half in many of these matches. And unfortunately, in this match, it was uh, too little, too late. But there are a lot of positives to take away from this, like you guys are mentioning. And, and thank you so much for joining me. We will have a, 
a complete post-match show in a few days, but I wanted to definitely talk to Craig and Emilio right after the match and get their thoughts on it and also share my own. But that's going to do it for this episode of Cottage Talk full-time. For Emilio Donnell and Craig Coleman, I'm Russ Coleman. Thank you as always for listening to Cottage Talk. Whether taking a road trip to the beach, heading to the mountains, or driving to the city, summer adventures are nonstop fun in a new Honda. But let's face it, summer trips can really add up. That's why I love the fuel efficiency of Honda. With Honda, you can save your money for other things, like that awesome keychain at the convenience store, that brand new album you wanted, or whatever else your heart desires. New Hondas are arriving daily. See your local Honda dealer and start your summer adventures today. Check out Lockheed Martin's Space Makers, the podcast that explores a bold vision of a future that we call Space 2050. The goal is the edge of the known universe because getting there is just the beginning. We're about to go make history. It's the 90th minute and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.